Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So we have a ton of stuff to get to, so I'm not going to delay. We're just going to jump right into it. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to talk about the Big Sick, which I went to the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really, really good. Like, it's something about this this year, man. Just so much gold so being So much spun. looks like a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah, I have seen five movies in the theaters, or, or like in the Helena Theater right now. I've seen five of them, and I loved them all. So, But uh, this is basically a romantic comedy with Camille Nanunji, I think you say his name. I, I could be mistaken on that. but I'm not even going to attempt it. Yeah. He's <laughs> on... Uh, I, I, I knew him from... Uh, um, oh, God. Silicon Valley. Yeah. It was like mainly how I knew him, but I know he's done a lot of stand up and stuff. I've seen a little bit of his stand up and really liked it, but this was a great vehicle for him. Like I, I went with my wife and she was a little skeptical going in, but she had a great time. Like it's definitely one I'd go with your wife and see because it's a really good romantic comedy, but it plays with the form of romantic comedies a little bit. Um, I, I don't want it to get into all of the um, little twists and turns of the plot, but it's really it's really done well. I mean, essentially the plot is, and, and this is in the commercial and everything, that uh, he winds up dating a, a woman and she goes into a coma, like a medically induced coma at a certain point. And then so it's, it's all the stuff that goes into it. But the way it's structured like a romantic comedy, but it is this real life story too, and it feels very real. Um, and it's just really good. There's a lot of funny jokes about like he's Pakistani, so there's a lot of jokes where like people are kind of looking at him like he's a terrorist. There's a really <laughs> funny joke in that that I don't want to ruin because uh, it's, it's probably better coming out of his lips, and it's a really big laugh. But I mean, I'm normally not a big fan of Ray Romano, but Ray Romano and Holly Hunter play um, the parents of his girlfriend in the movie, and they knock it out of the park. They're so funny. And I mean, like, it's basically you go through 50 minutes of the movie and then she goes into a coma for like the next half hours <laughs> and then she's back for like the last fifth, you know, 15 minutes or so of the movie. So it's like her parents have to do a lot of the, the heavy lifting in there from that point. And it's just like everybody in this movie is great. Like it just fires in all cylinders. And I hate to cut the review short. But it's just like we have so much to talk about today. You know, that movie looked really interesting. Uh, I mean, Judd Apatow's done a pretty good job with uh, character development in his in his films. So, I mean, it, it looked really interesting. Well, and this was produced by Apatow. Like, he heard Camille tell the story of how he got together with his wife, who um, co-wrote this movie with him. And... So he decided that a movie about it should be made, but it was actually directed by Michael Showalter, who was one of the co-writers slash directors of uh, um, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. 
So, uh, and this isn't like anything Michael Showalter has done before. Like it's not slapstick or anything. It's done. Like there's a lot of funny stuff because there's comedians in it, but it's done in a straightforward manner. It's just a real good movie. So definitely check that one out. Like don't, don't let it get buried with all the, the big <laughs> tentpole movies that are out, which are also pretty good. I gotta say, but, um, anyway, so moving on just one other thing, and then we'll dive into everything Comic-Con here. Uh, this is something me and Zach have been harping on forever, and I'm just happy that there's been some changes. So Nielsen ratings, they just started including Hulu and YouTube TV. Uh, they're having live programming, so they're including the ratings from there, which apparently they also just started adding Sling TV, PlayStation View, and CBS All Access View. So it's it's still ridiculous that they're not counting on demand like ratings as much i think it's like a quarter of of like if you watch it within a day it's like worth half of a live viewing and if you watch it uh within um like after that i think it counts as like a quarter of a rating or something but it's just ridiculous like that's weird see i uh was it two summers ago something like that i uh got a thing and i did the Nielsen ratings. Oh, yeah, I do that, too. Well, you, they give you the $2 bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the crispest $2 bill. Yeah. It almost seems like it might not be real. <laughs> Spends all right. Um, and it's funny because throughout that, I think I watched an hour of live television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lied all over mine, and I just like said the shows that I like. But I made it out like I checked the listings and stuff, what time they were on and, and put it on like I was watching those hours because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to like not have them count all the shit that I'm right. watching because I watch almost everything on demand. Yeah. I mean, everything I watched was, you know, basically Netflix or stuff I downloaded or streamed online. So, I mean, it was very little actual live television yeah i mean i think i watched like saturday night live was about all that i watched in that entire week yeah and because of like direct tv and and hulu like and sling tv before that like i watched stuff that was you know on live at a certain point but it was on demand when i watched it and i'm just <laughs> like i'm not I, I don't know. I want all of that stuff that I love to actually get the points and it's fucking ridiculous the way yeah. it's set up. So that was my pushback. I actually answered it, but uh, I, I fudged on it a little bit. <laughs> it's ridiculous now too, because like if you're saying it because of the commercials, I get it, except for there's a lot of on demands where you have to watch the commercials. And for those ones, why the fuck aren't you getting full points? Right. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like it seems to me like advertisers just want to know that people are watching their products. I don't think that they care. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like, you know, and we were watching some of the, the new releases on, netflix at the time because i think we were watching like orange is the new black came out yeah whatever i think that was like the third or fourth third season mm -hmm. or uh, second season we're gonna go with second season so we i mean we were watching that and i mean it had just premiered that week so i mean i i believe netflix should get like fair credit for that well but they're on a pay model too like they don't they don't get ratings, but that's because it's like they're on a pay system. They get, but they should. Well, subscriptions I mean, they're, they're, is they're, their they're, money. They're gonna actually know how many people they're 
yeah watching but i mean they're also not but when like like any advertising that they get is going to be in the production the same as movies like it's going to be people saying uh like hey if i put a pepsi in here will you give me a little bit towards our budget and that's how they do it in movies right like that's basically how netflix is going to make money off of advertising but when you're talking about Nelson, you're talking about like TV shows, like where they have yeah. actual commercials, you know? So like Netflix isn't really included in that, but it's also because of the, the nature of how they, how, you know, you see them. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't deserve Nelson ratings for not <laughs> having commercials. And by yeah. the way, don't want them to ever get Nelson ratings because I like the way Netflix is right now. I don't want them taking on commercials, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so moving on to some Comic-Con stuff. So I'm going to start out here. Got a couple of items. I'm going to do this rapid fire. If Brandon has anything to shout out here, then we'll pause for a second and give you a chance. But otherwise, we're just going to shoot through all this stuff because this was the stuff that I thought should be mentioned, but I just didn't really have like fully thought out things on them because there's a lot of items <laughs> that I have today. So... Uh, which makes sense because it's like D23 was this weekend, like Disney's thing, where they do star all the Star Wars, all the Marvel, all the Disney movies, and Comic-Con. Like, that's a lot of shit all at once. So, uh, so Iron Fist was renewed for a second season with Raven Metzner taking over as showrunner. So, they, they replaced the showrunner for Iron Fist. Um, so, we'll see if they can kind of iron out some of the problems because... Oh, I saw what you did there. yeah i totally did that on purpose (laughs) uh black panthers trailer that they premiered a new trailer comic-con that got a standing ovation people really really liked it yeah um i didn't either because it's not out yet there's a lot of stuff especially with marvel that just didn't get released there was a lot of scenes there was some first episodes of shows that were played that just didn't get released so uh, Michelle Pfeiffer will be Janet Van Dyne and the Ant-Man and the Wasp. So in other words, like the mother who disappeared into the, uh, the quantum dimension, the quantum zone. Yeah. Well, we know she's going to show up because Michelle Pfeiffer's playing her unless they're aging her backwards, but I'm sure she's going to show up. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Flash movie is going to be based off of Flashpoint. I saw that. Yeah. Which actually I do have a quick thing on that. Like, didn't you just do a, a season of that in, in your show? Like, I know that your arms are yeah, separate. Yeah, you know, but it's... That was kind of, my, like, my takeaway from... Because I read that an article about that. And it was saying a lot of people were really upset with how they did Flashpoint in the show. And I guess I'm not that big of a nerd about it. Do you want me to break down the comic for you really quick? I can break it down in like a couple of sentences. All right. Um, so Barry's noticing everything's off and he's no, like he notices that everything in the world is off, but he can't quite put his finger on what the hell happened. And then he, like he sees a reverse flash and kind of goes after him. And basically the reverse flash is just taking delight in the fact that no, Barry, you did all of this. And it was because the reverse flash had killed his parents. Right. And so, um, he had gone, he had had a moment of weakness and he went back and he changed everything so that like his parents never died. 
but it fucked up everything in the world. And it like it fucked up the entire DC universe. And this was their way of launching the new 52 right. because he goes back and fixes it. But he's like, I wonder if everything's right kind of thing. And it's not because yeah. everything's like they rebooted everything. So they use Flashpoint as an excuse to reboot everything. That's basically what Flashpoint yeah. was. It was a really good story, but it's like, you know, it's not the, it's the basic premise of the, of the season. Like they got it. It's just, you know, it's a whole season. So they went way more in depth and yeah. shit, you know? So, I mean, I, and I enjoyed the Flashpoint in the season this year. Mm-hmm. So I, and I'm like, well, I just saw this. I'm not, I don't need to see it again yeah. as a movie. So I was kind of disappointed in hearing that. It really seems like the the producers of the movie are just like, you know, like everybody was like, we want to see The Flash in the TV show. And they were like, no, we're going to do a different one. He's going to be totally different, which like, fine. Like, I, that makes sense to me. Fine. But it seems like they just don't give a shit. Like, they feel like the TV fans are different or something. And it's like you have to acknowledge that like this thing is happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to, yeah. You know, you just pointed out they have to acknowledge it's happening. Plus you don't want to see the same shit twice. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It just seems when you have a TV show that's as popular as it is, you have to take that into account in your movie. And you know, it's, it's, Right now, it's kind of a bridge. It kind of gets a lot of people that, I mean, like myself included, that watch all the Marvel, um, not the TV shows so much, but definitely the movies. And then I enjoy the TV shows. And so that's actually pushing me into the, the DCEU. Yeah. So, I mean, I... I can see where they don't want to like cross over characters or actors. And I mean, just logistically, I can see the, the reasoning behind that, but to completely like do this separately and then re retread the same stuff. It just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And so one theory that's out there and I don't know if there's any truth to it, but um, because Zack Snyder isn't coming back to DC movies. It seems like they want to like change the color palette and the tone and stuff and, and little things. And so part of the way of doing that is using the flashpoint to like change a bunch of things, which makes sense. But do you really want to like focus a movie around that too? You know what I mean? I mean, if, if I'm watching a flash, if I mean, they put out a flashpoint movie, I'm, I might wait till video for that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so um, Fox is reassessing an Alien Covenant sequel or sequels. Um, this is coming because they made half as much money as Prometheus. And so while Ridley Scott is filming this other film that he's doing right now, uh, apparently Fox is mulling over it and deciding whether they actually want to do two more Ridley Scott Alien movies. <laughs> so they might wind up like, putting those in other people's hands and just being done with that. So that it's possible that's going to get um, shelved. Uh, Channing Tatum will be Van Helsing in an upcoming dark universe movie that nobody asked for. Nobody wanted. I want it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking did, about. Did you go to the mummy? 
No. Yeah, me neither. No, no. Neither did anybody else in this country. No. But <laughs> it did okay worldwide, but though. Channing Tatum in a movie. Yeah. He's pretty much kind of killed it lately. That's true. Uh, And Shazam will be the next movie filmed for the DCEU because the Flash movie was pushed back and Ezra Miller is already booked for another movie. Now, I know what you're thinking. Maybe you're remembering like Black Adam, who's like Shazam's enemy, like is going to be played by The Rock. And so for a second, I was like, oh, well, at least no, because like they're making a separate Black Adam movie. So like The Rock isn't even going to be in this one. I, so everybody wants to see what? a movie about a about a little kid who turns into a superhero when he says sh- Shazam, right? Hey, don't don't give out his secret. <laughs> yeah, the the thing he's named after now. God, the, is there really people clamoring for a Shazam movie? No, nobody's clamoring for it, but we're getting it anyway. God, DCU right there. <laughs> Fuck, you didn't ask for it, but we're giving it to you anyway. Open up. Okay, so now on to shit I actually want to talk about. Um, The Duffer Brothers came up with the idea for Stranger Things. They revealed at a panel by figuring that the ultimate movie would be Spielberg directing Stephen King with a John Carpenter score. That's how they got the idea for Stranger Things. They're saying that season two will weave in plot elements that carry to the end of the season or to the end of the series which they're thinking will be four or five seasons. They're not sure. Um, they've they've also gotten movie offers, but they want to stay on as showrunners to the end. They don't want to be like stepping back and letting other people handle the show because that happens a lot. Yeah. The showrunner will start the show, get it off the ground, and then they just disappear and they let other people handle it. Um, let's see. They're thinking around 15 months between each season. They know people aren't going to be happy about it, but they reiterated they're doing every season and like it takes a while to get it done. Like they have a a hand in directing and writing each episode. So I am absolutely fine with all of that. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I am been pretty vocal in saying I'm willing to wait for good content. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if they're going to push through in a, a quick timeline and put out garbage. I don't want to see that. No, me neither. <laughs> and they, I uh, just watched about half an hour, an hour ago. I watched the uh, season two trailer that they just released at Comic-Con. Yeah, I saw it too. What did you think? It looks so much fun. <laughs> it does. And I love the little references that they throw in there too. Like they use Thriller. And at first, they like isolate Vincent Price's rap that I always love to make fun of. But I mean, I, I truly do love it. Like yeah. where he talks about youth neighborhood and all that. <laughs> but uh, so the the whole thing is scored by Thriller. They're wearing Ghostbusters costumes. They have that scene where you see the ghost trap that they have, and it's like shaking. So there's obviously something inside it, which I thought was fucking awesome. Like such a great homage to Ghostbusters. And then we were talking about this a couple months ago on the show and I couldn't describe it but like Dragon's Lair that video game that I kept trying to talk about they had it on there and it's like it's basically it was this game that it had a big TV screen on it and one button and like I think a joystick and you would like have to time it out just right and it was 
fucking hard as hell. At least when I was a kid, it was hard as hell. But if you timed it out right, you'd see a cartoon of the guy like passing the thing and then going to the next thing and then you'd have to time it out. And it would go on like this. Like I think they have the YouTube video of the entire game if you beat it and it's like 15 minutes long or something. But it's really hard to get to that point. Like your timing has to be perfect on everything. But um, if you fucked up, they did a cartoon illustration of you dying, basically. <laughs> but it was like a, it was basically a cartoon. They had that Dragon's Lair in there, which I was like, that's fucking perfect because, like, a, it's an '80s nostalgia thing that if you saw Dragon's Lair, you know what it is immediately. Did you recognize it when you saw it? Yes. Okay, so you knew what I was talking about. You just off of my description, you didn't you didn't quite yeah. get what I was saying. But it was one of those things. It was in a lot of pizza places. Like it was, it was a staple with like the Pac-Man, uh, the Ms. Pac-Man table game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had a Ms. Pac-Man table game. Chances are they had like a Dragon's Lair game. Uh, and so I, I just thought that was cool. But it also ties in really good with the story in a way because like, I don't know. Like it's they do the D and D thing in that show and like dragon's lair you can kind of put right into that like it's all stuff that like you could tie with the upside down world or whatever they call it but is it the inside out world the upside down upside down okay i did get it right the first time uh anything else jump out at you from um from that trailer uh i just an overall feeling it was it was definitely like got me excited to watch watch that um going away from that just to just to touch um did you see the trailer for bright i did yeah that so that that is the will smith movie uh directed by david Ayer, who did suicide squad right and uh it's basically like he is a cop and he has a orc as a partner, and there's like fairies was, and all sorts of like, like kind of D and D s. It was weird because it on. was like uh, somebody d- online described that as uh, training day meets Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would agree with that if if Will Smith was like evil, <laughs> but I don't think him or the orc are evil. It seems like they're really talking about like racial tension, but using yeah. orcs instead of white people. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, it looks kind of interesting. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> what? Okay. So with that trailer, I'm trying to remember. Was that for Netflix? It is a net- Netflix okay. movie. See, I watched a lot of these on a YouTube compilation where they like did every single day. And so sometimes it was like trailers would bleed into each other and you're like, wait, was that for the same thing? <laughs> I couldn't remember if Netflix was like actually what it's for or not, but okay. Um, moving on. Infinity War is, it's looking like it's going to be two and a half hours in time, like plus two and a half hours, maybe longer. That would make it the longest MCU movie yet. Which, I mean, it kind of has to be, right? Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of characters in it. Um, So, there was a... They basically played a trailer for it, which we can't watch. (laughs) Fuck you, Comic-Con. I hate that shit. (laughs) But um, apparently, Thor smacks the Guardians of the Galaxy's windshield. 
like star lord is telling everybody in the ship like okay we got to get our mean faces on we got to get ready and then thor suddenly like hits the side of the ship or the windshield like a bug (laughs) all like what happened kind of thing um they show loki having the tesseract cube so that's probably not a great thing (laughs) That doesn't sound like a good thing. No. Uh, apparently, they show a depiction of Spider-Man's spider sense. So, for all the theories that maybe he doesn't have a spider sense, he definitely has one. Um, Iron Man is hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. Uh, they show Spidey has the iron spider suit that we see at the end of, of the Spider-Man Homecoming. So, he actually does put it on for this movie. Um, we see a little bit of Hulkbuster armor in it. Captain America has a beard and he's on the poster having a beard too. Fuck yeah. Welcome to the full Chris Evans. Uh, the black widow is blonde. Now I figure like Captain America having a beard and black widow, like being blonde. That's probably just ways to help him fade into the crowd a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, because they're on the run right now. And then Thanos pulls down a fucking moon and part of it. Like, I think it's on a foreign wow. planet, but he pulls down a moon and then has parts of the moon, like, attack all of the heroes. So, I'm assuming this is after he gets the gauntlet, or at least, like, a bunch of it together. It's going to be fun, dude. I can't wait. But I was thinking about this. Like, they show the, the they have a poster that's out, which I recommend looking at. And, like, he's got his Infinity Gauntlet and stuff, and he has them in different configurations with everybody, but... Um, there's like a green ray that goes over where Doctor Strange is and like a yellow ray that goes over where the vision is. And I was like, oh yeah, Doctor Strange uses the eye of Armagato for most of his spells, which means like if Thanos gets that infinity sp- like stone, Doctor Strange relatively fucked, but the vision, that shit's in his head. Like, <laughs> yeah, if he gets he's that done. infinity stone, he's done. Like, because <laughs> he's only a thing because of that infinity stone, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of interesting. Anything about Infinity War you want to throw out there? I hadn't heard any news on it whatsoever. So okay, uh, Takei Watiti, who's the director of Thor Ragnarok, who by the way I just rewatched what we do in the shadows again. Fucking watch that movie, like it's so funny. And the director, like he's also one of the stars of the show. Like he's a vampire who's a uh, um. They paint him out like he might be gay, but he's not. It's just like because he's so particular and fancy that like everybody else. <laughs> but it's got uh, uh, what's his face from Flight of the Concords. Um, Jermaine Clements is plays a vampire in it. He's really fun. It's a great movie, but I, I watched it two times in like a couple of months. So that's it's pretty good, you know, for not even seeing it in, in the theater. But um. Anyway, he says that Thor Ragnarok will have a runtime of 100 minutes, which makes it the shortest runtime for a Marvel movie. You know, that look... Because they they debuted another trailer. Yes, which was fantastic. It was amazing. It looked so cool. Like, I think the first one, they had some cool-looking stuff, but they spent a lot of time, like, focusing on the humor and this one focused on like the amazing things you'll see, right? Like, yeah, it looked like an amazing ride. Like just so much to see. 
Yeah, and uh, he says there's going to be a lot of great cutscenes that they'll have on the Blu-ray, but he just he feels like they go through so much in the movie. A hundred minutes is going to feel like the length of the other Marvel movies. So I like that he's like not afraid to like keep the the runtime down. If, if you make it a, a nice picture. tight hundred, I'm down. Yeah, if it like serves the pictures, fuck yeah. Um, and then also, so uh, apparently this was given away in the panel. Uh, Mark Ruffalo admitted that the Hulk has not or has given up on being Banner and has not changed for two years. So he can speak like sentences now, like you would expect Hulk, right? Like Hulk could say like one or two words before. Now he can do complete sentences. So that's pretty good. Yeah, they had him speaking in part of the trailer. Yeah, at the very end <laughs> when he's just like, what does he say? Where uh, Thor says something about like, we're like, I'm like a raging fire. And he's like, the Hulk fire Thor water and he's like well you know I'm a bit of fire too and he goes Hulk giant fire Mm -hmm. Thor simmering little fire (laughs) 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 really great yeah Uh, yeah any other thoughts on that one or it there was it what really like popped out to me is they're really like kind of making it of a time but of none time of all time because they have so much time (laughs) they have like 80s elements and stuff going on and then like futuristic elements and so i mean it's it's really interesting it's a cosmic one right like now that guardians of the galaxy have well established the cosmic realm of of marvel they're just not afraid to jump into it because that's really what thor is like he's on another planet but like you know it's like sort of like medieval fantasy planet so we we forget that anyway uh moving on reshoots for the justice league right now so they're saying it's going to be 25 million dollars typically for a tentpole movie it's six to ten that's a lot of reshoots yeah and will last for a solid month like typically it's like a week or two. So uh so there is a lot of t- and there's talk about like DC has come out and said we're only crediting one director, but they didn't say which director they're crediting. So it could be from Union Rules if enough of the movie has changed that it, this could be a Joss Whedon movie. So there's a lot of speculation are they going to reshoot enough where like Joss Whedon changes enough of the movie towards his cuz they were trying to make it out like it was not going to be a Joss Whedon movie it's going to be a Zack Snyder movie that he tweaked but like all signs are pointing to like Joss Whedon might just be like rescuing this and changing it significantly but uh something I really enjoy which I guess spoiler if you're dumb at this point. If you listen to the show and you don't understand that uh three, two, one, Superman is gonna be alive for this show. Like if you haven't seen the the pictures of him in the black costume or like heard any of uh, like us talking about how he's coming back and all the signs for it, he's gonna be back. And uh apparently one of the things they're having to do when they go into the reshoots is Henry Cavill who plays Superman. So he's in another movie right now. He's in a Mission Impossible movie and he's on break so he can do the reshoots. And he grew a mustache for it, but they won't let him shave the mustache. 
So when he plays Superman and these reshoots, his mustache is being digitally removed. <laughs> so in addition to adding a cape, they have to take his mustache off his face. That's amazing. <laughs> that you know, I want to like see stills of, of like. I hope somebody like leaks stills from the movie with him with a mustache. See yeah, Superman with, with a like cholo mustache. <laughs> I just want to see like the ping pong balls attached to his mustache <laughs> so that they can track his mustache mm. and change it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ben Affleck also reiterated once again, he's not quitting being Batman. He says, as long as they're calling him, he's going to be Batman. Of course, the, the whole thing with the flash doing, the whole uh, um, Flashpoint storyline has like got a speculation that maybe he won't be Batman anymore after that movie. Like maybe this is their way of rebooting Batman. I don't think so. Stop it. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and he he said that he hasn't seen the script that Matt Reeves did yet because Matt Reeves said he wasn't going to be able to do anything with the Batman until he was done with Planet of the Apes. And like done with advertising it and everything. And he just finished last week. So he's just looking in. So he hasn't, they haven't talked about it at all. Apparently there's been no communication, but Ben Affleck wanted it to be known without a doubt. He has no problem with it. He's like, can't direct it. Like can't, can't write it. You know, he just, just doesn't have the time. So, but he definitely wants to be Batman. So I'd say like, that's fitting. He's been hasn't he been in all the DCEU movies so far except for Man of Steel? Yeah. Cause he's in Batman Superman. He had a little part in Suicide Squad. He had at least a speaking part in Wonder Woman. We know he's gonna be in Justice League coming up, so Okay, moving on. Uh Noah Hawley, who did the Fargo show, and he also did Legion, which I fucking love, like recommend Legion. It's fucking mind bending and crazy. He's writing a script for a Doctor Doom movie, <laughs> and he wants to direct. Uh, so at first when I read like Doctor Doom movie, I was like, no. And then I read who it was, and I was like, this could be really interesting. This could be really interesting. So my suggestion to Fox is hire Josh Trank as like an outside consultant. And, like, and then whatever he suggests, do the exact opposite. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I was suggesting. <laughs> so it must be a good idea because we're crowdsourcing this and we're on the same page here, right? Like yeah, that's a like, great idea. Not not during filming. You don't want him anywhere near no, that movie. He can't touch a camera. <laughs> yeah, you don't want his fingerprints on anything. But like Doctor Doom, they keep like we've talked about this so many times. They keep fucking up Doctor <sighs> Doom in film, and he's and like he's one of the coolest a- villains like one of the best villains in either Marvel or DC. Yeah. And so the fact that they keep fucking him up, it's just, it's not a great idea, but we're getting, we're getting to like the anti heroes now, right? Like we're starting to really talk about like villains and movies and stuff more. So this is a good time to do. If you're going to do a Dr. Doom movie, this is the time to do it. Maybe you can like introduce a new fantastic four through this, but like definitely focus on doom. Yeah, I want to see just a straight-up Doom movie. Yeah. Le- just lording over Latveria, like... And there's really two ways to do this, right? Either you have him evil, and then, like, there's somebody more evil, and so you have evil versus evil, and then Doom wins, 
Like, that's the way I really want to see it, but I realize they're probably going to go another method, which is like an origin story where he's good and has good intentions. Yeah, and then just like gets corrupted by the end. But I recommend the first one. Have him be evil, have him be the doom we all know, and then like have a more evil force that like... You know that had like that you you're like whoa I hope Doom wins because we're totally fucked because <laughs> this would be win. really bad if the other guy won. yeah like inv- embrace the villainy of Doom like it can work anyway um so another another one <laughs> so this is interesting uh Spawn is gonna they're gonna make a movie for Spawn and it's gonna be put out by Blumhouse who did Get Out and they did uh, they did a couple of things they've been on a bit of a roll lately. But um, they're going to put it out with a 10 to $12 million budget. It's going to be dark, R-rated, and use lots of practical effects. And Todd McFarlane <clears throat> is going to direct and write it. Uh, and he made an announcement on an iPhone with Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I found endlessly entertaining. That's interesting. Um, I'd really... I'd, I'm in. Yeah, I think see, it's going to be a think, shit show, but I'll probably give it a chance. See, I, I think, uh, I mean, that was like way too much CGI in the original one. Yeah, well, it was the bad CGI. Yeah, like it was ninety CGI. You know, <laughs> you know and, I mean? I, and it was it was in that point where they did CGI just for the point of CGI. Yeah. And not enhance using CGI as another tool to enhance what you see on screen. It was like, oh, well, we're going to have, we don't have any idea how to make this happen. So we're just going to draw, get some kindergartners in here and we're going to draw it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let me. I hope I hope that this goes away at Deadpool and I eat my words and I'm happy to eat my words, but I feel like this is gonna be a shit show. I just the original spawn was forty million and it looked like shit, and this is ten to twelve million. Um Todd McFarlane is writing it, who to my knowledge has never written like a movie script before. I and thought he's he direct the original movie no, spawn. No, 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 he did not. He hated that movie. Okay. Um and so he's never written a movie script before. He's directing it. He's never directed before. Um, I don't like, and, and then like I recently I saw on the on demand, they had the spawn show uh, that HBO had. They had like a eight part cartoon. Yeah. And I was like, Oh fuck. I didn't even know it existed. And I tried to watch it, it's and not. it was just so fucking bad. <laughs> and Todd McFarlane like does the intros, and it's just comes off as so hokey and shitty. And uh, I don't know, man. Like I think this is gonna not be good. I, I'm just gonna call it out right now. I think this is not gonna be good. I think with a movie like Spawn. I know he doesn't want to do this because he saw what happened in the 90s, but that was the fucking 90s and they hadn't figured out like superhero movies yet. I really think you should be taking this to like a bigger studio who wants to do it and like be getting good talent in with it who will work with him and get a real director to direct it (laughs) 
I just, I feel like this is going to be, I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like this is going to be a shit show. Which company is green lighting this? Bloomhouse. That's not a good sign. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they've been killing it. They have been killing it for their last couple of movies. Like I said, get out, dude. Uh, they did the purge movies. Um, they did. I mean, oh, like God. the movie, the purge. That yeah. movie sucked. I, I, I never watched. <laughs> uh, that was no. just a Rick and Morty. Oh, <laughs> I know. Like Adrian is really into the purge movies. That's like right up his alley because it's home invasion. Yeah. Like we all have our horror movies. Mine's Supernatural, Adrian's Home Invasion. What's your kind of horror movie? Is it just bad, bad horror movies? I mean, I love a good bad horror yeah, movie. Me too. But I I think for me it's the uh the religious horror movie. Okay. I enjoy. I enjoy like the spiritual the horror. Oh yeah, I I would put that into well, uh, supernatural. Yeah, but I mean, like, I like like the prophecy. Yeah. And so I mean, that yeah, kind of has a religious tone to it. We're on the same page here. Do you like ghosts? Ghost like horror movies too. I can't think of any that like I really enjoy. Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's not a horror movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah i i like some ghosts but it depends if they go into the same old tired tropes then no See, like, like when it's always like they're moving into a new house and like i don't care much for like the amity and, yeah, it's it's uh not great yeah <laughs> yeah okay i think we're on the same page here so the last bit of comic-con news i have here is uh did you see the trailer for Ready Player One? I did see that. Okay, so I I was like interested in it, and the more I learned about it, the more I was interested in it. I saw the trailer, dude. I'm full on in. Like, it, it looks so insane. I mean, there's so much like uh, Easter eggs in that. Yeah, and we'll get back to that in just a second. But for people who don't know. So basically, and this is actually a trailer you can watch because yeah, they want people to learn about it. <laughs> it's not like Marvel where they can have the luxury of like showing something at Comic-Con and then sitting on it for a month or whatever. But um, so Ready Player One, uh, it's basically based off of a, a novel that was a bestseller that had a lot of 80s and 90s pop culture references. But essentially what it is, is it takes place a couple decades in the future and vr headsets are a thing like virtual reality and so everybody like the poor people can't really unlock a bunch of stuff like the more money you have the more you can unlock things and everybody sort of does this to escape and you can understand why when you see the visuals of the trailer like the main character lives in the stacks they call it and it's literally like trailers stacked and like like little tiny trailers like they have these like iron like I don't like scaffolding and then they like stack trailers inside of them. So there's like trailers on trailers on trailers. Yeah. Which stacks the, on stacks. Yeah. Which and, and, <laughs> and like it's, I don't know, like it was a really cool visual, you know, but um, basically I like how they like have this visual, like all this like shitty trailer park times 10 and it's set in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so the main character, and basically what happens is 
this company releases an Easter egg and whoever finds the Easter egg first gets everything unlocked. So it's a really big deal for people who don't have the money. So like this Easter egg like is really important to it, right? So it, it's all about Easter eggs essentially like the movie is. So this trailer is just fucking filled with Easter eggs. So rather than talk about the trailer in a traditional sense, I wanted to talk about all the Easter eggs that they like put into it. And by the way, the book has a lot of these things too. But I guess they also had a lot of Steven Spielberg references, but since Steven Spielberg is directing the movie, he took them out because he thought it was probably douchey to like do his own movies in there. But he did. What did he do? Oh, no, I'm thinking Zemeckis, sorry. Oh, yeah, there was a Zemeckis. We'll get back to that. Um, So here's some of the stuff. First off, the song that they use is like, they sort of redo the song for Imagination and Willy Wonka. Right, the doon, 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 doon. Uh, anyway, so they do that. They have the Iron Giant in it, who I guess in the book plays a very big part. <laughs> so that right away, that's really cool. Like the Iron Giant is in it. Freddy Krueger comes out. Yep. There's Harley Quinn, Deadpool, Gandalf, a Mecha Scorpion from the game Joust, coins from Scott Pilgrim, Laura Croft, Duke Nukem. And the car race features Stephen King's Christine, the van from the A-Team, the Batmobile, Bigfoot the monster truck, the interior of the DeLorean and Back to the Future. They had the whole DeLorean yeah, in but, the trailer. Okay. But I guess it's still that I saw they were showing the interior of, of the DeLorean. Um, there's the Interceptor from the original Mad Max movies. And this is the most brilliant thing to me. And I didn't even pick this up when I watched this until I read something later. But um, the logo for Ready Player One, if you pay attention to the logo, there's a little opening, I think, at the R. And then at where it says one, there's an Easter egg in the middle of the O. And it's a maze. The whole thing is a maze. So, like, you can sit there with your finger and, like, trace it through to get to the Easter egg. I thought that was so fucking clever for a logo. You know what I mean? Like, that is a fucking mega... uh, Mega? Not mega. Meta. Meta. That is a very meta logo. But I'm just... I I think I'm really going to love this movie. I know TJ Miller's in it. And that's why I quit Silicon Valley is to do Steven Spielberg movies because apparently Steven Spielberg wants to bring him along for more stuff. So, which I mean, that's not a bad, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad decision to be like, yeah, I think I'm going to hang with this Steven Spielberg and see what I got. This guy might be into something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it was really funny the way they wrote his character out of Silicon Valley. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited for this movie. Like I, I didn't think we'd get another one of these movies because it, it seemed like they sort of did that with, uh, oh, what was the, the Disney movie uh, with the... the oh, giant, Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, Wreck-It Ralph. They did well, that they're coming little, out with a second one. Yeah, and they did that a little bit with video games, but like not as much as people hoped they would either as a little bit, but this one, with that much stuff just in the trailer, it has to be fucking packed to the brim with references, right? Oh, it amazing and how many people do you think are just like letting them use their licenses because they're like well it's steven spielberg like people are gonna go to it you know well that and you know it's interesting how many people might like reboot their property just because 
of a movie like this. I could. Dude, when's the last time you even thought of Duke Nukem? When the new one came out like four or five years ago. Yeah, see, it's been four or five years, <laughs> dude. That's like death for a video game character most of the time. Yeah, and before that, it was since the original one came out. <laughs> I heard they're already making a Tomb Raider movie. See? Laura Croft was in the trailer already. Shit's green lit. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly how that played out. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be good. So, uh, you want to talk a little Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little Game of Thrones. We we marched through all the <laughs> Comic-Con news I think was worth it. Yeah. Unless I missed something. Sorry. <laughs> that was a lot of shit we just talked about. Yeah, we went all over the map on that one. Um, Game of Thrones great episode somebody noticed that if you look at the title sequences over the last couple of seasons uh where the white walkers are being like the ocean is freezing up more and more and more so there's a theory that the white walkers are just gonna go go around walk the around wall. the wall yeah but didn't brand kind of like fuck up the seal anyway like when they I, it was something, something like, like that. W- w- with what he did, he basically fucked it up. So, yeah, maybe that's why they're able to. Regardless, White Walkers are coming. Uh, they established, they definitely talked about the, the um, dragon scales with uh, Sam, right? Like The grayscale? Yeah, because you were bringing up like somebody found a still. Yeah, I called it dragon scale last episode. Oh, what is it? Grayscale? Grayscale. Okay. See, I listen to this podcast more than I pay attention to Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah, uh, apparently he did see it because he knew how to take care of it. I'm wondering what's going to happen there. It was really gross. He was like oh, pulling dude, off the gray shit off of his body. Poor Sam has had like the shit detail last two weeks. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy was saying that uh, it was... You know, it was too dangerous. So it makes me wonder maybe Sam's going to get grayscale too. You can't really rule it out, right? Yeah. I read another uh, theory on Sam's character. Um, and it happened to do with the, uh, in this episode, they he was talking to one of the maesters about writing a book and having because he was going back and forth with the the maester about the title of the book they were writing and shouldn't it be something a little more poetic and they were making it out so like Sam was going to uh write the story and it was going to become a song of fire and ice interesting <laughs> yeah it could be yeah it could be um I really enjoyed the whole pirate fight and then like finding I out. like I love to hate that scene. Like <laughs> why is that? Cause A, I really hated the sand snakes. Okay. So I was like glad to see them just getting the shit kicked out of them. But also not liking it because they were on the side I'm hoping is winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that when all was said and done, you had Theon like staring at his sister and just like jumped off the boat. And I saw something that just fucking cracked me up on Twitter that I, I shared. But it was basically, it says, uh, it says life 
it says life and it says minor inconvenience and it says me pulls a theon (laughs) (laughs) which if you saw the show you know exactly what pulling a theon is which is just fucking jumping off the ship and not dealing with it at all (laughs) god yeah, so we know what the gift is going to be to Cersei now. Yeah, Eleanor or whatever her name is. Alania. Yeah, eh. it's going to be a love joy. Is it love joy? I don't know. No, maybe that's the Simpsons. <laughs> Reverend yeah. Lovejoy. <laughs> yeah, Yara Greyjoy. Greyjoy, that's what it is. Not Dragonjoy. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, let's see, what else? There's like when Cersei... Or not Cersei, when Daenerys was meeting with all the the various leaders to sort of figure out shit. It was a lot of women in that room. Like, it was pretty much all women that were in charge there. You know, it was was really interesting, like, and I I caught it. My wife didn't catch it at all because they were basically the main focus of the attack was they were going to take all the extra armies and try and take king's landing and him and the or uh Tyrion Lann- Lannister and the uh the Unsullied were going to take Casterly Rock which was his home mm-hmm. which my wife didn't like catch that at all yeah and i'm like basically saying he wants to f- burn his home to the ground yeah <laughs> i i don't blame him shit didn't go very well yeah <laughs> And it's funny because I looked at that and I'm like, this actually makes a like, for what they're trying to do, makes a lot of sense. He also because all of their money is coming into King's Landing from Casterly Rock. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you cut off that money supply and army supply, and King's Landing is fucked. Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I really think this season is going to end with the battle, like with Daenerys versus Cersei. I, I, I feel like it's heading more that way, and that the White Walkers is going to be the end of the series. I was wondering which would be first, but now it seems like that's the way it's going to go. Part right. of me was wondering if maybe they would like team up for a little bit to beat the White Walkers and then turn on each other, but I'm kind of doubting that that's going to happen. Gonna, it's going to be really interesting to see what plays out as far as... Because basically, Jon Snow is headed to see Daenerys about teaming up against the White Walkers, and I don't know how well that's going to go because her ambition is the Iron Throne. She could give a shit less about the White Walkers. I think she, and so I, but I do but think she'll understand one, that one, that's a bigger threat. One way or another, like whether she, you know, gives him troops or whatever to defend the wall or defend the north, if like she cuts herself too thin to take King's Landing, like if that's going to be an option or whether Jon Snow gets nothing and he ends up getting involved in the take of King's Landing, and so he can't defend the North. Like, I think it's going to be an interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I feel like the smart play on Jon Snow's part would be to uh, commit the troops to her and win that battle, and then 
turn to the White Walkers because it's the only way you're gonna get the help. Yeah, but, no but how Jon much? Snow, how much? Are like no one, Jon Snow. He's just gonna ignore it. He's gonna go back. He's gonna try and like fight the White. How Walkers. big of a loss are they gonna take in King's Landing before they can, you know, turn their attentions northward? Because, but the loss that you get with King's Landing, you make up for like all of that military that like ran or you know was captured or or just stopped before that is now your military you know what i mean like you conquer somebody they're like aligned with you and i can't imagine that they're like that gung-ho for seriously either no so like i i think if you win that war you're like going to have as many troops if not more by the end of it yeah but i mean how much damage is going to be done See, what I'm saying is, like, because it looks like the White Walkers are on the way. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're entrenched in King's Landing, how long before they, if if they take King's Landing, before they could actually turn northward and face that? I don't know, but, like, Daenerys has to fight them. Like, that. that's something that has to happen because those dragons are going to be so key in beating the White Walkers and, uh, I mean, she's got to be a, a part of that, I would think. But I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. It's pretty premature at this point. We have, what, eight episodes left this season? Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Wait, I thought there were seven seasons or seven episodes. Oh, is there only seven? Or is it eight now and seven later? Something Dude, like I don't that. know. They keep fucking with us. <laughs> they keep changing numbers. And two of those are going to be time and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we jet out of here? Uh, I think I'm going to skip the uh, Hunter story tonight. Yeah, we'll save it for another time. So take it easy. On your laptop, put them on your phone, put them in your ears. Not safe for network. With the not safe for network, the entertainment's ringing through your brain. Collect them all or trade them with your friends. Not safe for network. Real roulette. Maybe you're a film student. I'm picturing you with a beret. We had a good life. Well, Strap, it's a bit of the gift and the curse. That's debatable. It'd be nice if they showed a little accountability. The Alien Movie Project. It's just another clear-cut case of American exceptionalism. Montucky Skies. I'm spoiling the shit out of this in three, two, one. Bigs on film. We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray. Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers. Not safe for network. 